the book of Matthew chapter 18 and I want to start at verse 19. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. A very familiar verse of scripture but because you have your Bibles you ought to be able to read your Bibles and you also have the church sermon and the outline. And I want to make sure today that you fully grasp and comprehend all that the Lord is speaking these next 15, 20 minutes. The Bible reads again. It starts by reading again. I say to you that if two of you agree on the earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. It's a very short verse, so I'll read it again. Again. Come on, say again, everybody. Again. Mm -hmm. I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning, concerning what? Concerning what? What about your job? Your marriage? Your health? Anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father who's in heaven. For where two or three, two or three are gathered together in my name. I suppose that would also relate to virtual as well in this season. I am there in the midst of them. I want to talk about the power of agreement. The power of agreement. Uh, it's titled Prayer and the Power of Agreement. I added prayer at the last minute. And I'm not too quite sure why I added prayer to this title in the last moment. Maybe the fact that power of agreement wasn't enough, and maybe I need to add the word prayer to give it a little bit more umph. But for the next few moments, I want to talk to you. And I believe this is going to be a game changer. I really believe this is going to be a game changer. I want to talk to you about the power of agreement. Of agreement. Of agreement. Great things can happen when people are an agreement about a situation or about a concern. In fact, powerful things can be accomplished when two people are in harmony concerning an effort or an objective. Maybe, maybe I should say this. Miracles can manifest on the earth and in your life if, if we could simply come together, put aside our differences, Disregard who gets the credit, the glory, or the honor, and simply agree on a thing. Now, again, I won't be able to preach a robust sermon like all these elders can and our mothers can. But I thought about the very beginning, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden before sin came to the camp. No matter what they did, it was accomplished. And they did it without the sweat of the eyebrow. No matter what they said, no matter what they wanted, they had. You know why? They were in agreement. I thought about Joshua and Caleb. And it wasn't so much that they had to deal with the giants of the land. They had to deal with the other spies in the camp. 
And so they always had some things dealing and obstacles and challenges. But because Joshua and Caleb agreed, we're still talking about them 4,000 years later. They accomplished some phenomenal things. What about Esther and Mordecai? You all remember uh, Esther. I, I think her name was uh, um, uh, Hadassah, if I'm not mistaken. I think her name in the original was Hadassah. But her name was changed to Esther, which means star. And she became a rock star. But her uncle, who took her in and became her surrogate father, they were in agreement, agreement about what had to happen in her days. And then in the New Testament, even while the odds were stacked against Paul and Silas, in Acts chapter 16, Paul says, Silas, I'm not going to be able to sing like you sing. Silas said, don't worry about it, Paul. I can't pray like you pray. But Paul, if you'll go to praying and if I go to having singing, uh, we'll see what God would do in this jail cell. And you all know the rest of the story. The Holy Ghost comes and frees everybody, including the jailer, in the jail cell. And if that wasn't enough, the jailer gets saved because there was an agreement. You know, in this context, I think about you all today. And maybe you don't fashion yourself to a Paul or Silas. Maybe you don't fashion yourself to an Esther or Mordecai. But I look at a room of people who are like Aquila and Priscilla. You all do remember Aquila and Priscilla, don't you? They were Paul's co-laborers, Paul's co-workers. And Aquila and Priscilla were known. In fact, they're really kind of the only ones known who had a vibrant, recognized ministry marriage. And Paul says they were so needed, so helpful. But when we see Aquila and Priscilla, they were, they were just seemingly, you didn't see one without the other. You know why? Because they were together. And I wish I could close with that example only in the book of Acts, but for every good work from Aquila and Priscilla, unfortunately you had bad works from someone like Ananias and Sapphira. Because while Aquila and Priscilla used their agreement for the good and the furtherance of the gospel, Ananias and Sapphira used their agreement and their, their sameness for the destruction and the lies of their own demise. I think the point I'm trying to make is this. There's power in agreement. There's power when two people can come together. This morning in our text, we see in the book of Matthew, chapter 18. And I, I won't have time to unveil the whole chapter to you, but let me give you the highlights. In Matthew chapter 18, uh, it begins verse 1 through 7 by the disciples asking who will be the greatest among us. You're always going to have trifling and immature and some idiosyncrasies among folk in, uh, in, uh, around the church and around Jesus. And these men were wanting to know who's the greatest among us. Jesus gives them a Bible study and a lesson. We find out in chapter uh, uh, 18, verse 10 through 14, that Jesus warns against looking down on others. You're wondering where I'm going with this. Stay, 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 stay close. He warns the church of being careful, of not being condescending, treating people like trash, being disrespectful, unkind, ungodly, hateful, and hurtful. Jesus has a problem. With that type of demeaning attitude. And if that wasn't enough, he goes down to verse 18 and, excuse me, 15 down to verse 19. And he teaches about dealing with those who sin in the church. Nobody's saying amen, but I'm giving you the Bible. 
You see where we're going with all of this. In fact, let's start. Let's look at verse 15. If you have your Bibles, 18, 15. The Bible says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. Let me help you all while I'm teaching the word of God. If somebody sins against you, the last thing you need to be doing is going on social media. Hear me, please. The last thing you need to do is get on the phone and call three or four people and say, we need to deal with this sister. You've missed the Bible altogether. Uh, you're not saying anything. I want to help you out. Now, if y'all not going to say nothing to me, I'll just get a chair and I'll talk to those that are online. They'll listen to me. The last thing you need to do is create a rumor mill about something that has happened to you. The Bible says go to them alone. As if you would want someone to come to you alone. Am I right about it? Uh, let's keep reading. Um, uh, if he hears you, you've gained your brother. You've gained your sister. But if he will not hear with you one or two more by the mouths of two or three let every word be established so no longer is my word this is your word I got two witnesses that said you was acting a fool right. it's no longer my word against your word I've got two witnesses that says sister you have said this and that and they are in agreement now hopefully that will humble that man or that woman to say you're right. I'm wrong. I had a bad day. It was whatever was going on. Forgive me. But let's keep reading further. And by the way, this has nothing to do with Pastor Stevens. This is Jesus teaching in the word of God. You can't even say maybe that was Paul's uh, perspective or maybe that was Jane. This is Jesus teaching the church. Right? Um, hmm. Let's keep reading. And if he refuses even the two or three, tell it to the whole church. But even if he refuses to hear from the church, let him be like to you, a heathen and a tax collector. Have no company with him. Have no company with her. Kind of quiet. You know why? Because we don't understand this type of biblical teaching in fact you're not saying amen because you can't fathom the thought of dealing with a brother or sister in that manner we sang together we prayed together we fasted together we we built together we did all this together and you mean now to tell me because he's gone rogue or she's did this we got to put him out notice this what's the next set of scriptures say keep reading bible goes on to say again now we see why the again is there. You know, they call this in theological circles, double pronunciations. Anytime there's an again, it lets us know this must be awfully serious and important. So for Jesus to say again, or verily, or assuredly I say, that if two of you agree concerning anything on the earth, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I want to stop right there because oftentimes we read that scripture, we think about cars, houses, we think about material things, we think about blessings, we think about money. I'm going to ask for this, I'm going to ask for that, I want this, I want that, and if we agree, it's going to happen. That was never Jesus' motive when he said that. Well, Pastor, how do you know? Well, just, keep, just, just read the Bible. His motive of what he focused on prior. You know what his motive was? The harmony, the symphony, and the agreement of the church. Had nothing to do with the car you drive or the jewelry you wear had nothing to do with your mega word of faith of having this and that it had all to do with the preservation the protection and the keeping 
unity in the church. I want to pause just for a moment. I want that to sink in. How important is agreement and unity? Not only in the church, but your family. I want to deviate just for a moment here, and I won't be long with this deviation. Our family, the Stevens clan, by any stretch of the imagination, we're no different from any other family in this room and online. We have our strengths, we have our weaknesses, we have our great moments, we have our, our horrible moments. These last few, I just say months, I have found myself in moments of speechless, without words, without vocabulary, seasons. Sometimes in prayer, sometimes in worship, sometimes just contemplating. And I find Elder Hall tears swelling up in my eyes, saying, I couldn't be more blessed as a father and as a husband. And it gets real sensitive, Dr. Dalton. And then my daughter get on my last nerve and everything I felt goes out the window. Or my son will say something I didn't like and all that. I said, well, Lord, forget all that I was feeling. <laughs> because it's real. I'm joking, but the reality is, at the age of 50, whatever I am, too, I'm saying I really couldn't be more blessed to see the achievements of my kids, the strivings and their walk with the Lord, even though they're at all, they're at all different paces, all different lanes, all different ways, you understand that, but they're striving in their heart for the Lord. I, could, I couldn't be more honored and happy and appreciative to have the caliber wife that I have. And I say that because, yeah, there's disagreements in the home, just like your house. Yeah, we get in with our kids, just like you do. I mean, we have some loving, awesome, prayerful, beautiful, glorious times. And then we have some times we're like, just shut up, be quiet, sit down, quiet, just bye. But at the end of the day, I'm saying, God, it could be so worse and I'm so thankful and I'm not even talking about the backdrop of what we're seeing in the world kids killing their parents kids killing their grandparents husbands shooting wives wives doing this today I mean just total unbelievable chaos and there are moments when I say, God, oh, yeah, I need your perfect will. And, oh, God, we need your presence. And, oh, God, we need this and that. But sometimes I'm like, I'm just so happy to have peace in the home. And, and it reminds me that God protects and wants us to, per, to uh, persevere, protect, um, preserve, 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 preserve agreement. Not only in our homes, but in the church. And that's why the devil fights the church so. And you know how he fights us? With, with disagreements, arguments, issues, flesh, 
pride, arrogance, egos, foolishness. We say we are our brother's keeper. But that's only in them when things are where we say we are a sisterhood. But it's only when, you know, we're saying the same thing. I want you to write this down if you can. The word agreement. The word agreement. The word agreement. I want to say this. This. I, 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 have to, I have to reiterate this. Great things can be achieved. And powerful miracles can manifest on the earth and in your life. Hear me, please. If only you could come together. Put aside your differences. You disregard who gets the credit and the glory. And find yourself agreeing on a thing. You guys are real smart and intelligent. I don't have to give you all of this, but let me give you the Greek definition and the origin of the word agreement. It comes from the word symphony. Symphony is the Greek translation rendition of the word where we get the word symphony. Now, I'm not a music person and you all know I'm not a music person, but it means to be in harmony or in concert or in concord with to be harmonious as if sounds of many musical instruments. All right. The next time you hear classical music, the next time you hear an awesome choir or the next time you just hear music that moves you. Think about all of the hard work that goes in to ensuring that everybody is singing on the same page at the same time in the same tune. Symphony, agreement, to be harmonious, to be on the same accord, to be in concert. Let me say it this way. The spirit of agreement is when you are saying the same thing. Yes. Write it down. It's when you are seeing the same thing and when you are believing God in prayer for the same thing. Let me go back and talk a little bit about my wife. And I say this, and she knows I would say this privately, I say it publicly. I thought about Mother, Mother Helen. I can say that by the age of 35, I had everything that a man could ever want in this world, and then some. I had traveled everywhere I could have wanted to travel. I had lived in a home I, that people would die for. I had a boat, I had nice cars, custom clothes. I'd met the president. I'd met President Bush. I'd met President Barack Obama. I've met the Prime Minister of Israel. I've been all over the country. I've flown first class. I've been on a private jet. I've had everything I could have ever wanted. Ministry-wise, we built ministries and built this and built that and did this and did that and all of that stuff. I got a buddy who reminded me from D.C. the other day. He said, Stevens, you're the only one who could have been at a coaching convocation with John Hagee sitting on one side and Gilbert Earl Patterson on the other side. You brought them two together at the convocation. As much as I wanted to take the credit, I really didn't, but I, I didn't tell them that. I said, yeah, man, the Lord really you know, used me to do that. Yeah, you know, it was actually somebody else who did it, but I, I was just sitting in the room, right? But nevertheless, I, I, I don't say this in an arrogant or braggatose way. What I'm saying is, it, 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 the, the Holy Spirit dealt with me years later and said, the reason that your prayers were answered, the reason a lot of these great things happened, particularly at that season of your life at an early age was, you were always in agreement with your wife. There was never a house we couldn't have had if we were in agreement. Please don't judge me. I, I feel a spirit of judgment coming on me. Don't do that because I'm really trying to help you out. I'm trying to get the husband and wife who keep arguing and fussing over stupid stuff. If you could cut through the clutter and get in agreement, God will give you 
what you are agreeing about. But as long as you want it this way, and as long as she wants it that way, he ain't gonna answer that prayer. Because that's not his will. And it's not his timing. I'm trying to help you, even if you're single, and you don't have a husband or a wife, find a prayer partner. Find somebody that you can do life with in a healthy, biblical, godly way. And get in agreement. Bible says Ecclesiastes that two are better than one. And a three ring, the Holy Spirit, can be the third ring to help you and the other agree on a thing and pray on a thing. Trying to help you. Don't judge me. All I'm saying is I am a living witness and I am proof live and where that will tell you. If you agree and you say, oh, that sounds real nice and cute and friendly and fine. But let me keep it moving. In the darkest of our days, the toughest of our times, when everybody walks out, even your family, and you know, David Carr wrote to that a lot. It wasn't the crowd, it wasn't the congregation, but David said, my own family turned on me. He said, I became a man who, was, who, 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 who did not see, who had ears that did not hear. I became a man mute and I did not even talk. But in the Psalms that David would write, he would say, it hurts when your family turns. I know what it's like. When you flying them planes and driving them cars and paying for the dinners and having to get togethers, everybody want to be around. Ride on your coattail, hitch their wagon to your success, hit rock bottom. Then you will know. I wish the young folk would say, man, then you would know who's real. When you're not as successful in a name brand as others in whatever industry you're in. <sighs> Go through a valley of, of adversity and affliction. You won't have to get no spirit of discernment, no word of wisdom, no word of knowledge. They will leave. But here's the challenge of all of this. Samson's hair began to grow again. God said, I will not allow anything to die in my will that I'm not going to resurrect. God says in Zechariah that for your shame, I'm going to give you blessings. For your troubles, I'm going to give you double. So now, now the next challenge is going to be Watch those who left start wanting to rehitch their wagons and all of a sudden come out of the woodworks and, you know, out of the dust in the clouds and all of a sudden want to want to talk. Then you shall know. Where were you? You know, Job had that same conversation. Where were you? I better get back on target real quick. Let me get back on target. Y'all take your seat. So to agree, to be in harmony, to be in concord with, to be harmonious, to sound, uh, 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 to say the same thing, to, to see the same thing, to pray and believe God for the same thing. You know, Sharon, you quoted earlier Amos 3 and 3. It is how can two walk together except they agree? Let me remind you this morning, the word of the Lord reminds us in Deuteronomy 32. How should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 in flight except their rock the Lord had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? What are you saying? God 
gives you the ability to put something on the flight. How can that happen miraculously unless God has your back? When God becomes the third person in the room, because you alone ain't going to make it. You and another person will do good. But that three ring cord, Ecclesiastes 4 and 9, if one can put a thousand a fight, two can put 10,000 a fight. But Deuteronomy says, how, long, how is all of this going to happen unless God be your strength? There are some incredible things that will happen if only you become a one accord and an agreement. I'm almost finished. I'm going to give you two things today and then we're going to go home. Today you have to know, and, 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 and please allow me just to kind of go back just, just for a moment to the marriages. The devil hates your traditional, godly, biblical marriage. He hates it. And he'll wait 20 years, 30 years if he has to. No one really wants to address this. No one wants to talk about this. But I never thought I'd see a day and a time where more people are getting divorced in the in the, after 30 and 40 years of marriage. I understand the statistics are, you know, five years or less, three years or less, 18 months or less. But there's not a person in this room who has not had a shock and awe moment when you hear somebody been married 25, 30, 35 years and all of a sudden decide to call it quit. I kind of want to know where you're going. And not only where you're going, who you're waiting on. I told you the devil don't like anything. I'm telling you, he'll use every spirit of distraction and every deviant he can. He's still a liar. And I also kind of want to know, at that age, when you get there, what you going to do with it? <laughs> All right, I'm just... So, they say it's cheaper to keep it, so you might as well want to kind of think about that thing and stay where you're at and just kind of work it out. But, but, but when you find out at the end of the day, there was no agreement. There was no agreement. Someone on the, and what do we hear people say all the time? We just grew different directions. We grew in different directions. Well, what you're trying to say is we were not in agreement. We didn't remain constant in symphony. We didn't remain on the same page, saying the same thing, believing God for the same purposes. Are you all still with me? I'm almost finished. No, 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 no anywhere. I'm almost finished. Stay, 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 stay with me. Stay with me. And so agreeing in prayer does, does three things. Number one, it activates. Yeah, I hit something here. I'm sorry. I think I kicked something. And uh, maybe hit and plug and unplug. I know when I stepped on that cord, all that started. So thank you for helping me out. Let me give you three things that, that agreeing does. Three, three things that agreeing in prayer does. Number one, it activates your faith. It activates your faith. When you agree with somebody, first of all, what it does is it, it, it kills the spirit of unaccountability. Because God is not in the will or God is, it is not God's good at will and intention for you to be a long ranger. I got to say that again. It is not the will of God that you be a long ranger Christian. I don't need nobody. I'm my, I'm my own man. I do stuff by myself. I don't believe that's God's will. In fact, the Bible says it is a good thing for a man to find a wife. It is good that he not be alone, first of all. But then secondly, the brotherhood. It's really not God's will that you be isolated, independent, and out there by yourself. So something about agreement brings an accountability. And it also brings a responsibility. Because you know how it goes, right? When no one's there for you, you want to say, where's everybody at? Well, you ain't, build no, you ain't got no friends, first of all. You, you never took time to invest in the ministry of having friends. So now when you are at your deepest need, you wonder why ain't nobody coming to your rescue. Well, you ain't sowed no seed for no friendships. So have friends. 
have men and women that, that you can agree with. So when times do get hard, right, you're, you're, in, you're, you're not the only one in the boat. You're, you're a fellowship. You're together. You got koinonia. You're together. You have all things in common. It builds your faith. It activates your faith. The Bible says, Hebrews 11, 6, you know this already. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. When you agree in prayer, 1 John 5, 14, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask for anything according to his will, he heareth us. 2 Chronicles 20, 20, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. There's something about being in agreement. Not only does it activate the faith, it attracts God's presence and power. When we can come together, in fact, let's go back to Matthew 18 and let's look back at the scripture. In fact, would you all allow me to read this in the Amplified Version? Listen closely how it reads in the Amplified Version. Again, I tell you, if two of you on the earth harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything that they ask, it will come to pass and it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers in and into my name, there I am. I am in the midst of them. So what does that tell you and I? When you agree. I know we used to say touching as agreeing and, uh, you know, it's touching as agreeing in some versions, right? Uh, we, we like to say touch and agree, touch and agree, we touch and agree, touch and agree. But uh, technically, that's not the accurate way to say it in the scripture. It was touching as agreeing, especially in this touchless society where we can't touch as we like. But if we can agree on a thing, and that might be on a phone call, it may be in a virtual Zoom group, it may be at a distance, but the one thing is for sure, we're seeing the same thing, we're saying the same thing, and we're believing God for the same thing. Everybody still with me? Come on guys, stay with me. I know there's a little distraction here and there, but let's stay focused, let's stay focused. Because I really want you to walk out this door in a few minutes with the power of agreement. Thank you, Brother Vernon. Thank you, Elder Dalton. All right, number three. It answers the many issues of man's problems and woes. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from the wicked ways, and then I would hear from heaven, I would forgive their sins, and, watch this, I'll heal their land. God wants to heal your land. He wants to heal your money. He wants to heal your home. He wants to heal your relationships. He wants to heal the works of your hands. Whatever you got going on in your space, God says, if you're willing to pray, if you're willing to come together, if my people. Notice the word if is the same if we see in the scriptures. If, if, two or three. Our come will come together if my people. So there's this small word but a heavy conditional clause that says you're not obligated. But if you'll choose, if you make up your mind to quit trying to do life by yourself, think that you, you don't cast me out and get some help. Let somebody help you and minister to you and, and bless you. Be accountable and say, listen, I'm struggling with this issue in my marriage. I'm going through this issue as a, as a single man or a single woman or as a, 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 teen, or a, 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 a single parent or whatever it is you're going Let somebody help. And let's agree. And what is this agreement? All right, here's the plan. We're going to do A, B, C, and D. And I'm going to walk with you through this journey. That's the agreement. You know what? God will honor that. 
And so many times the enemy comes in and he swipes the rug from right under our feet. And we don't even know why. Could it be that you had no one to be in agreement with? If it has to be your, your adult child, agree. If it has to be a next door neighbor who's walking by faith and walking with the Lord, let that be the person. But by God's grace, find somebody that you can be accountable to, that you can connect with, that you can commit your heart to prayer and agree. First, excuse me, second Corinthians 13, one out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I'd like for you to stand to your feet and I'd like to leave you with two things that you can take home today, right now, today, right now. And I promise you right now, these two things you'll activate in your life. You'll go home. You'll come back shouting and dancing. You'll see God answer some prayers. You'll see the Lord give a breakthrough in some areas. Number one, you're going to have to make a commitment. In fact, I'm going to ask that you commit, you recommit yourself to prayer. Because I don't know if you can honestly commit with me or agree with me if you yourself have not given yourself a prayer. Because if for us to be in agreement, we got to be saying the same thing at the same time. I can help you, but I can't carry you. Do you understand? I can connect with you and I can cover you, but I can't carry you. You got to be willing to participate in your own rescue. Do you hear me? And I just wonder how many prayers are hovering in the heavens that are waiting to be answered. You know, I don't have time. I'm going to deal with this scripture next Sunday. But in the same passage of scripture, remember Jesus said, whatever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven. Is that right? Whatever you loose on the earth will be loose in heaven. Let's go back and read that in its original text. The original text says, Whatever you bind on earth was already bound in heaven. Whatever you decide to loose on the earth had already been loosed in heaven. You're waiting on God to do something for you. He's been waiting on you to declare it on the earth. So let's try that again. Whatever you bind on the earth, it's not that he's going to go ahead and do it. It was already done and he was just waiting on you. Whatever you decide to loose on the earth, it's not that he's going to go do it next. No, no. Well, I'm glad you made up your mind you're going to lose it because it was already done the minute you lose it on earth. It was loose in heaven. But you know what? You had nobody to agree with. It builds our faith. It activates our faith. When I was in college and we hung around a whole bunch of young, saved, spirit-filled, radical folk, I told this story yesterday. I was in um, Baltimore, Maryland, and I told the church yesterday. I come from a camp where we would touch and agree and believe God for a thing before the miracle ever happened. If we had no car, have no money, have no credit, we would still go to the car lot and we would lay hands on the car. Be mine in Jesus' name. And then we find the courage to go inside that office. And wait for the bad news, but somehow or another, maybe, just maybe, the Lord will work a miracle. Now, what, it didn't make common sense. And I know it's not practical, good stewardship and wisdom, but we needed a car. <laughs> and if it didn't happen, okay, it didn't happen. You have not because you ask not, but we establish our faith. 
But boy, if somehow or another we drove off that lot of that car, we telling everybody what the Lord done did for us. We may not have had it for six months before we got repossessed, but we got that car. We used to ride through neighborhoods. Couldn't afford the gas tank and the gas, the gas and the gas tank to get to the neighborhood. But we'd ride through neighborhoods. I claim it in Jesus' name. Keep driving. You see that one over there? Yeah. I claim it. And don't let it be an open house. Don't let it be an open house. Come on, Sharon. Let's go. Walk up on in there. Oh, yeah, I like this. Mm -hmm, I like this. How, how are you doing? Um, we're doing fine today. Are you looking to buy a home? Yeah, we're looking right now. Ain't got a dollar. Ain't got no credit. I don't know if we had a job or not. But nevertheless, we just walking through the houses. You know, God spoke to Abram in Genesis 13. And he said, Abram, walk the land. Walk the land. You know what I did this past Tuesday? I drove down to Lancaster, South Carolina. Drove to Chester, South Carolina. Got my pickup truck, got my boots on, and I drove to different properties and just walked vacant land, just, just country land. I'm not ready to buy now. I really don't have it yet to buy now. I will one day. But the Lord told Abram, go and walk the land. Because he made a promise that wherever the sole of your feet shall touch, you remember the days we walked the land here before we got here? Some of y'all too new, but at Old Concord Road, while I still was owned by Mr. Jim McLaughlin, before it ever came to the church of City Church, of full gospel, where we were back in that day, we would get in the woods with a group of brothers and we would walk the land. I wonder if there anybody yet left in the household of faith that don't mind walking the land, believing God. Touching as agreeing. And we would never really walk the land without a time of prayer. I remember years we'd walk all through here, even during some of the more challenging seasons. And all seemed like the walls were caving in, and they were. And it seemed like, my God, we were at the wit's end, and we were. And oh, my, we didn't even know what tomorrow held. Say nothing for the next week, month, year. We'd get out there and we'd walk the land. Some of you all need to go back to walking by faith. Find a prayer partner. Find a faith partner. There's some things in your home. I hear the Holy Spirit talking now. There's some things in your home that are being held up. Things that are being delayed. They're going in a hovering pattern. And you've been wanting that thing to happen and that thing to come to pass. And you said, I fasted. I prayed. I've given, I've done everything I know to do. But here lies the problem. You have yet to come into an agreement with your spouse. If you would cut the differences, cut the issues, and come into an agreement. Well, Pastor, I'm not married. All right, find somebody that you can be accountable to. You can be open and transparent with and say, here's what I'm believing God for. Would you pray with me? Would you agree with me? Let's be on the same page. I need somebody who will see the same thing I'm seeing. I need somebody who will say the same thing I'm saying. I need somebody who will believe God for the same thing I'm believing God with. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You say, Pastor, you gave us one thing. What's the other thing? Number one, be committed to prayer. Number two, this week, I want you to take a moment and I want you to find somebody and agree with them about something you believe in God for. In fact, I'm just going to challenge your faith. If there's a miracle 
if there's a mighty prayer request that you've had before the Lord and it just seems like it has been stuck in the instant of time this week it could be as fast as today it could be Saturday at 11 o'clock this coming week at night but apply your faith and be obedient with the word of the Lord and find somebody that you can be in agreement with. You're going to have to say it the same way, see it the same way, and believe God in prayer for the same thing. Be of symphony, the same mind, harmonious, concert, concord. And watch and see if the baby won't get pushed down that canal a little bit further. Because I'm here to tell you that God is a God that will not lie. He's a God that cannot lie. His promises are yes and amen. His promises are yes, his nay is a nay. But if you would believe God and go agree, if two or three are gathered in my name, then Jesus says, I am in the midst of the... He wants an invitation to the party. Would you invite him to your prayer circle? Invite him to the two or to the three and let him be in the room. And whatsoever things you ask, when you pray, believe, believe God. And these things shall happen to them. I want to do two things before we close. I want to pray for you. But then there might be a handful of people in this room that says, I don't want to wait. Maybe your spouse is here. Maybe you've got a colleague here. Maybe there's somebody that you trust and you relationship with here. And I don't want to force this. I don't want to manipulate. I definitely don't want to fabricate or manufacture something. Because maybe now it's not the space for everybody. But it's set, it was certainly set in motion. By the way, those neighborhoods we used to drive through, we, we, we lived in them. Those houses, those open houses, we walked through. Remember the time you and I walked through the house? It was waterfront. It was one point something. We took a carnal couple with us. Remember the girl, Big Mouth, she said, I don't know how y'all believe God for stuff like this. We can't have even spell that. Remember that? Two, three years later, we was in the house. Stayed there 15 years. And again, it's not about materialism. The fact that my wife and I were in agreement. We're in agreement. Every man in this room needs somebody to be in agreement with. Every woman in this room needs somebody that you can be in agreement with. It will hold you accountable. It will keep you responsible. It will keep you humble. But yet it will activate your faith for God to move on your behalf. Father, this morning, I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to minister the word. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who gave us this powerful teaching that is ancient and forever and eternal. So we take Jesus at his very word that if we would agree on a thing, if two of us could come together and pray that you would be in the midst and we could ask for what we desire 
And Father, you would see fit in heaven that these things come to pass. May we walk with humility and a grace that we are not the Lone Ranger Christians, that we're not an island of ourselves, but you design us for fellowship. You design us for agreement. Bible says that they had all things in common. Nobody lacked among them. They broke their bread. They sung their songs. Simplicity of heart. And the Lord ministered to them. They, the church grew every single day. And the Lord added daily to the church. So Lord, may we experience the spirit of symphony. Here. Like you did there. Father, we make a commitment as a church to protect and preserve the spirit of agreement and unity in the house. It was important then, it's important now. And so, Father, thank you today for people committing themselves to constant prayer. People who will cry aloud and spare not and pray always, be devoted to prayer. And then, Father, we thank you for the spirit of agreement in the house. Maybe you're here with your spouse today and there's something that you can quickly recall to mind that you've been praying for and maybe you've seen it a certain way and she's seen it a different way. And maybe it's going to take some talking this week. Maybe it's going to take some dialogue. You're going to have to kind of iron out some indifferences and some wrinkles. But when you get to a place of agreement, then the Holy Spirit, I think, will give you the authority and the, the faith to push that through. Maybe you're here and you, you, you don't have a spouse with you here, but there's another sister or another brother that you can agree with on something. I don't know what the situation or circumstance is. All I know is this, I, I don't want to close this service without my faith being activated and saying, you know what, why not give an opportunity for people to agree on something? It could be healing. It could be breakthrough, it could be a home, it could be a job, it could be a, a, a child, it could be anything. Whatever it might be, and for those that are online today as well, forgive me for not including you. Wherever you may be and you're listening to this, I want you to take a moment and listen, gather around somebody that you can agree with. In other words, you need to say the same thing, see the same thing, and believe God for the same thing. All right? Uh, would you take a moment with me and perhaps pray? And agree on something and again I don't want you to feel obligated and, and if you don't move don't feel bad don't feel awkward just stay where you at and wait with us I want my son Matthew to come he's in the media room and Sharon let's, let's you and I agree over him all right uh, so I don't know if you can hear me Matt wherever you at come and come I want to pray over you and my wife and I we want to agree over you um, but while we're praying here again if, if you have someone that you feel that you can just take a moment to agree with and pray with, I want you to do that wherever you're at. Just, just right now, just praise team, maybe there's something. And listen, even if you are, if you all want to try to say, look, we want to go agree about some stuff. We'll, we'll sing later. I'm cool with that. I just want everyone to capture this moment because there's something that, that, that I think that's going to break through. And I, I just sense that I'm going to hear testimonies after testimonies after testimonies, praise reports after praise reports. And it, it, and it could very well be that on May 22nd, we learned and we grew and there you have it. We agreed and God did it. Would you take a moment and find somebody to pray with or, and, and just take them before you go to praying and getting all emotional, tell them, hey, here's the thing that I want to be in agreement about. 
here's the thing I need you to see what I see and say what I'm saying and can we believe God together with this there he is come 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 Thank you for taking the time and listening to the City Church Broadcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday morning worship and every Tuesday at 7 p.m. for Tuesday night teachings. Follow us at City Church Kojic on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Download our City Church app to stay in the know and visit the City Church website at citychurchkojic.com. That's citychurchkojic.com. God bless.